this is Shamika Harris, the podcast host, and welcome to Rise Beautiful Soul. This podcast is committed to providing a space for women to understand, explore, and appreciate every aspect of our being. Rise Beautiful Soul is a platform combining counseling and psychological concepts, exploring the feminine archetypes, spirituality, and personal experience. So, welcome to a space where your soul has the privilege to rise, shine, and self-actualize. Rise, beautiful souls, is Mika and Margaret. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, Margaret, girl. Hey, Shamika, girl. <laughs> I know, girl. How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I know. <Still> really <laughs> enjoying my time. Exactly. Exactly. So how's life been? Life has been good. You know, I adopted a dog. Oh, tell us about the dog. Her name is Dora. Mm. <laughs> Adorable. Mm-hmm. It's, a, you know, a new experience. I've not ever really been around dogs. Like we didn't yeah. have, I didn't have them growing up. So mm-hmm. I'm not like used to something just constantly being beside you. <laughs> needing your attention um, wanting your attention Mm -hmm. yeah but Mm -hmm. um, it's been you know for nothing else she's been keeping me exercise right Mm -hmm. tight Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) were there like certain qualities you wanted in a dog or I mean like you know I just I knew I couldn't do puppy and I just mm-hmm. I'm not a puppy person I didn't have that in me so I was mm-hmm. just like I mean adult dogs like they need love too yeah and I was just kind of looking for you know I had like a weight limit you know mm-hmm. ideally like 50 pounds mm-hmm. just about two ish mm-hmm. you know was kind of like I think that would be a, a nice little run and right. you know we found the one so yeah you had a list <laughs> <laughs> Nice job. It happens sometimes, occasionally. (laughs) Yeah, so tell us about the list. (laughs) Yeah, Girlfriends, episode 12. So, basically, we're always, you know, we're always at the restaurant. We're always Uh having a good time at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, people are even dancing at the restaurant. And um, she's, Joan is has a date with a guy that she met at the gym and was just not really working out. She was mm-hmm. just never going to find my soulmate. And Maya suggests making a list of everything you want in a man. Like, make a list. Create mm-hmm. a visualization. Like, manifest your dreams. Manifest your goals. But, you know, of course, Joan asked her friends for their input instead of, like, <laughs> her own personal list. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Lynn's list is like, whatever, you know, open mm-hmm. to the universe, whatever it brings me. And of course, William's list is all sexual. <laughs> it was, I noticed that. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. And then we go, n- new scene, they're at a museum gallery. 
all of them mm-hmm. together. And I love that they just go to like random things together. It's just a good time. And I saw myself in Maya when she was like, where's the food? Girl, yes. <laughs> the chicken on the stick, baby. Chicken on like the stick. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. So, you know, I guess now that she has a clearer picture of what her ideal guy is, Joan kind of like it's just like I don't even know what the word is. She's like, she's just both. Pounces. Pounces. Yes. No problem. That's exactly the word. <laughs> she pounces mm-hmm. and, you know, attacks. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hungry like the wolf. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. just, yeah. But at, while also at the museum gallery, William runs into Yvonne. <laughs> and also, he runs into an ex. <laughs> Sounds like a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> like, like, everything I shows need, like I need to get about. I need to get about this museum, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was a mm-hmm. lot of just new and old. And so, he's all like... It's great to see you again. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> he's just he's so suave. Yeah, and yeah, T bone. I was like, she's a safe. And he's then, you know, her. he of course gives Tony his number, and she's just mm-hmm. <laughs> about him. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, William is like. Yvonne's here, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which I like, Yvonne. And, you know, Joan just kind of, like you said, she pounces. She's just doing the most. And he's just like, okay, well, I guess here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here's my card. Mm. It was just like, no, here's my card. And I was just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, so... (laughs) so much like like you anyway and so you know obviously you know Tony's just like I still love Greg and you know she Mm. just says that she's we see a different side of Tony like we We do like this woman who is just like I'm trying to pursue this dream that I have but oh this Mm -hmm. man this man in my past Mm. like we we've all been there and so yeah just mm-hmm. it was interesting to see and then of course Joan back and forth back and forth with the guy and Yvonne and William meet up mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> she calls him an empiricist yes I knew you were going to catch that word I said watch Margaret's going to say empiricist because I like, don't even know what that word means she was like well, because right, of I course don't. I looked it up <laughs> I know right empiricism <laughs> I mean, but actually, she did use the word correctly in describing William. I just want to note that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. because if it's what the noun definition Mm -hmm. says, Mm -hmm. it's a person that supports a theory that all knowledge is based on experience derived Mm -hmm. from senses. Wait, I thought it was empiric. Well, yeah, empiricism. Going back, never mind. I you finish. Go ahead. You're right. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was, just, yeah, I was just like, yeah, That's a great word. <laughs> because I was thinking about like, you know what? You're right. Looking at data in the senses, and if you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. 
you know, and that's William, you know, yeah. he's not into the whole feeling. No, I want it proven. And if it's not proven, then it, it never happened. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. back to you. Mm-hmm. But um, no, and they just have quite the sexual chemistry and yes. succumb to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at some point, Lynn and Joan get into it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> because Lynn was so mesmerized by this picture yeah. the art gallery. Mm-hmm. It was a whiteboard with a picture of a red triangle and she was fixated mm-hmm. and just couldn't get out of her head and was just like I've got it's really resonating with me you know? yeah <laughs> and so, until she gets it <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you know Joan was feeling some kind of way because he hadn't called or whatever is that mm-hmm. correct yeah, she was upset because he had not reached out to her. There was no type of connection. So the girls had to kind of coach her along in getting him to pursue her and reverse that dynamic. So, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. basically, Joan just redirects all that frustration that she's feeling from not getting her exactly. what she wants onto win. And mm-hmm. Joan, you came in really strong. Guys mm-hmm. like the chase. Joan, you're trying to control the chase again. Mm-hmm. Like she just doesn't there's no medium for her like it's just like I did everything you told me to do (laughs) yeah she has a very technicalized approach in how she does everything that makes sense though because she embodies that queen archetype but it's very Virgoing in nature and how like Virgo goes into like the details and how things are done precisely and you know Michael Jackson was Virgo but it makes me think about how she never allows anything to kind of evolve organically it's like I want a technical handbook on how to get a man (laughs) to follow she likes she's very operational in her approach and so when it doesn't yield the outcome that you said it would there's this anger well I did these 10 steps and I shouldn't have gotten this and it's like it doesn't work that way like you just totally removed human interaction you know yeah And just like the possibility of just like, you know what? It might not happen. True. Like, who would have thought that? Mm -hmm. Like, that's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Be confident. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, this guy, Sean is his Mm -hmm. name. She calls him, you know, I'm considering buying a a painting. Mm-hmm. You know, she just is constantly tries to like overcompensate for overcompensating. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but it was just another episode where I was like, <sighs> she's too much in her head. And I can, I have empathy for Joan because I recognize the Joan within me. And that as women, when you're like Joan and you're operating as the queen, and more like as the queen and Amazon archetype because of the nature of the work that she does is very masculinized in nature and requires her to think. Instead of like being back in her body, kind of like as we see with Yvonne and William, how it's very primitive. You know what I'm saying? When she puts her hand on her neck and he looks at her, they're just like, oh, we got to do it. <laughs> no discussion, right? Because they were both present in their bodies versus with like, Joan is so in her head that her head is disconnected from her body. So she can't allow nature to just kind of unfold as she would like it to. So... I have a question. Have you drafted a list? Did you ever draft a list of your ideal mate? Mm-hmm. 
a list when I was like in my 20s and mm. the list now <laughs> very different lists hmm. I mean not, I, in, not mm-hmm. in the sense of I don't know you get older you know you have stars in your eyes initially you know mm-hmm. like when you haven't dug deep <laughs> you yeah. know and you just understand like the surface of a relationship like oh I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. with someone or I would like to be with someone nice and mm-hmm. understanding and faithful and kind you know like just uh, maybe I'm being very simple with like <laughs> but that's just me yeah it's expanded it's grown it's things yeah there's a list the concept of the list still exists and I feel like I'm good on the list that I have and I'm good with the, the person that I'm with is the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Do you think that like there can be maybe, it, I just heard you list the advantages of having a list. Is it possible that there can be some disadvantages in drafting this list? Yeah. <laughs> so just being fixed, becoming fixated on that, the top 10, the top five, mm-hmm. the top three, mm-hmm. and you're just like, it's not enough. And it's just like, when mm-hmm. is it ever going to be enough? Right. This episode kind of reminded me of episode one with Joan, with the guy that was the ends of dating Tony as well. And how I think that as women, when we have that list, it kind of can put us in a position where when someone does enter our life, we're not looking at that person. We're just looking at, do they meet criteria? It becomes like a job interview. It's like they're, inter- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. So you remove the human interaction again. And if this person, it's like you're basically in that encounter with them, is they're basically giving you their resume. And if they meet those qualifications, then they can move over to move on to the next step in the job in the husband selection or partner selection process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're never really engaging with the person you're just solely looking at them for do you meet my criteria and if you don't meet it then i have nothing i there's no reason for us even you know continue this conversation that's a tough like hard stop to Mm -hmm. establish because aren't you gonna who's to say you're not missing out on something amazing like you're doing yourself like you know like i'm not saying Mm -hmm. you don't want to necessarily like i mean in the situation of tony like her ex is bartending at mm-hmm. a museum gallery. Like, you know, okay, well, yeah. we, but we know Tony the character to be quite materialistic. Aspirations yeah. of wealth. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we know this about her character, but to see like her with a guy that's just like, what? This guy? But like something about him, mm-hmm. she's just like, Mm-hmm. You know, like she just yeah, can't. girl. <laughs> you activate that sacred chakra. She's like, okay, <laughs> here we are. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so, I get it. But it's interesting to see, like, the connections, mm-hmm. a, a past connection for Tony, for a sexual connection for William. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well with Tony. And you're right in how we get to see this different Tony this episode. And I think that, I think you and I, we kind of always recognize it about Tony in our reviews and that there's a surface Tony, but there's definitely some undercurrents going on with this character that come forward. And there's love when it comes to Greg. And it makes me kind of consider like a topic I've been 
discussing with two of my best friends and how like when we review like where we are in life right now versus like 20 years ago and what dating looked like it's like we're in two like different we're in two, di we're in two different universes <laughs> okay <laughs> it has totally changed and I also was you know we were just discussing, I was bringing forth the insight that I had come to accept out of meditation was that, you know, at this point in your life, you have to recognize that like anyone, individuals that you, you're meeting, like they've lived like almost 20 to 30 years of life without you. Mm -hmm. That means they've gone through like 20, 20 to 30 years of life experiences that have shaped them. And it kind of goes back to that list, right? So what if, they have some of the qualities on this list, but you're meeting a human who has lived life, <laughs> you know? And I don't know if sometimes we, if we're considering that sometimes. No, I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So for time's sake, Liz, I wanted to go back to the parents girl of Joan it made me think about like have you ever pursued a man like with the fervor that Joan possessed in this episode uh, yeah <laughs> I have to yeah I did too I got oh, that's why I was so upset mm -hmm. about it I was like oh it's mm -hmm. the first to watch like it's just it's I hard know. to watch Joan stop Joan yeah stop it. yeah but it is, you know because you're just like I'm gonna take charge of the situation. You know, mm -hmm. like I see you over there looking at me. You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna do something about it. And it becomes a goal. Yeah. Because yeah, she's in that queen archetype and, and function. She's not acting as a lover. Yeah, she sees the man almost like she's the hunter, he's the prey. I'm going to capture you. You're, I'm going to get you in my trap. You know. Mm -hmm. I find it. I like that about Myra, and I apologize for cutting you off. So say this and be quiet. How we can, as women, say we want one thing, but then we come back and say another thing, right? And that she wants men to fit certain gender roles and expectations, but then she reverses those gender roles because she's pursuing, I want to trap you, but then I want you to still run after me, though. Right. Yeah. 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 How do you do that? <laughs> How do you do both? Mm. Mm. What did you think about the conversation? I noted that as well between um, she and Lynn. When Lynn came out, that was one of the questions I had was, why do we attack our friends when they reveal a character flaw or they tell us the truth? Well, I mean, nobody likes to... You know, you know, mm -hmm. the whole mm -hmm. like, I'm about to tell her about herself, you know. Mm -hmm. like, nobody likes to hear what you have to say about me, you know, like mm. or just a part of life. Mm -hmm. People like you, some people don't. That's just how it is. And that's fine. But at the same time, like you can't if you're gonna be friends with someone and you understand like them and you obviously Lynn and Joan have been friends for quite some time. They live together, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and Lynn is constantly calling Joan out pretty regularly, mm. you know, but not in a bad way, but it's just right. of this, or it's just like very simple to Lynn. I'm just like what that is, you know, mm -hmm. and Joan's like turmoil about it. And Lynn's mm. just like, oh, it's that philosophy. It's that theory, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> but again, you don't necessarily, Joan knows that about herself, obviously, like she's impatient. She's right. She's just waiting. Like she's sitting in idle, just waiting for a man to come and like, you know, 
so she can press the gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and it's just like, how do you think your friends feel about that? Do you mm-hmm. care? Hmm. But do you think like it's like you said, Lynn calls her out pretty regularly and is it her calling Joan out or is she just merely reflecting Joan's thoughts and emotions and Joan can't handle it? Because I didn't feel like she when she brought it forward, I didn't take it as it was a slight, you know what I'm saying? Or she was trying to read her, as we would say today. It was just noting a behavior, but the reaction that it generated in Joan. Like, Joan took that as an opportunity. I'm going to now tell you, Lynn. <laughs> right, yeah. About yourself, you know, and how you're unwilling to commit and you avoid things. And because I only brought that forward because it made me think about a previous episode when uh, Maya, when Joan has to tell Maya that she saw Darnell. And then when she shares this with Maya, Maya then turns it on Joan. Well, you have spotty intuition. Remember, you thought about this. And it just made me think about, is that dynamic always present with women? That when a friend may bring forth an insight about our character or bring just forth something that is true, do we use it as an opportunity to pause and to reflect and ask, well, why do you think that? Or do we automatically use that as an opportunity to say everything we've been wanting to say to that person? Because that came deep with Joan when she came back in there. <laughs> oh, no, it was. And that was obviously mm-hmm. deep-rooted. And why did you feel like you couldn't say these things? I mean, I can't imagine mm-hmm. that, like, they don't... Lynn doesn't know how Joan feels about her, you know, mm-hmm. to some degree. Like, yes, yeah, she's letting her live with her and all these other situational things. But at the same time, like, you're my friend. Like, just right. you're, if you're going to do this with me, for me with at me you know (laughs) just Mm -hmm. just let Mm -hmm. me let me know like if this is how you feel like we can talk about it like we can go deeper if you'd like to but I didn't know you wanted to go deeper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting you're right and it made me also think about when Lynn leaves and how Maya I love Maya and Tony's body language it was like and Joan, I don't feel like she picked up on it. Like, they clearly felt like, too, that Lynn was just bold enough to say what we wanted to say, but we know that that reaction was coming, so we just didn't say anything. Yeah, that was exactly that. <laughs> mm. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, so, I mean, they eventually reconcile and Joan and Joan buys Lynn the painting and then mm-hmm. you know Lynn after all that is all like hmm. is this really just a red triangle? <laughs> it really is. It really is. That's really all it is. Yeah. <laughs> or orange, whatever color it was. No, it was like, red. You're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. she it was yeah, and then but ultimately she decides to move out of Joan's house and in with Tony. Mm-hmm. It's Lynn's you know, empowerment decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, like this episode also made me think about like, where do we as African-American women, where do we learn courtship? Because when they're back at the art gallery and who is it that they, Greg, and then it was someone else, they all make these same comments about Joan. You know, that's our girl Joan. You know, Joan hasn't changed. And so... I wonder, like, another part of me with Joan, I guess it empathized because I was empathic towards her in that 
if women and if, if our culture teaches women that our their value or our value is in their roles as a mother or as a wife, it's naturally going to make a woman, that's going to be the pressing concerns, right? That's going to be the drivers that she's moving towards, or that's going to be the drivers that's moving her towards meeting those goals. So that's naturally going to make her competitive and put her in that position like where she is with Joan. So I thought about like, where did we learn courtship? Where did we learn how to, how to partner? Mm. How to select a partner? What should you, what does that dance look like? And I think what came to me, and I'll pause so you can kind of give me your insight was that it made me think about, well, I never had a discussion like that with my mother yeah. or any of the women in my family during my teenage years. So much of my information was retrieved from either like movies, cultural mediums like movies and television shows, right? So during that time, I think about like Wayne the Exhale, Love Jones, Different World. Those were the shows I was watching. So that's where I was taught, okay, this is how this works. If a guy likes you, how it should happen. But then I fast forward that like 20 years later. So what do young women today from 18 to 20, what are those, what are the movies they watching? What are those cultural mediums now communicating about courtship? So when, when you go back to you, where did you learn about courtship? What were you taught about? Like, this is what you should look for in an ideal mate. You know, if you want to be married, this is what a, a husband should provide. Who's having those conversations? I don't think, I mean, I definitely didn't have those conversations. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've always been a reader. So, mm -hmm. you know, I read a lot. <laughs> Girl, thank God for books, okay? Goodness for books. They're, they're lifesavers. What you said? Okay. <laughs> they really are. I got the, we'll get, get you through some, some rough times. Some exactly. Rough waters, you mm -hmm. know, and just right. being able to just, there are mm -hmm. lots of books out there and you come across them as you come across them and you know can they not shape your very malleable brain mm -hmm. you know in that period of time in your life of growth and I mean television your parents like if they're still mm -hmm. together or just mm -hmm. like you know just watching right. that or just scenes it's not I don't think it's addressed as much as it needs to be because it is mm -hmm. important to understand like what is a partnership what does that mm -hmm. look like how do you know that how do you know that you're okay with where you are and where what's dating yeah i don't think we that? even yeah what is a date <laughs> huh? it really it's a free-for-all yeah. <laughs> yeah was this i don't know if this was for me during my childhood or during my adolescence I don't know if this was true for you, but during that time, when I think about the conversations regarding the opposite sex from the women and the adults in my life, it wasn't really centered on partnership. It was always centered on not getting pregnant. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, always. That was like, yes. just, yeah. It was either like, you either had to get married immediately, you need to remain a virgin, you get married and then don't like don't get pregnant that's like the sentence of death for your life if you were to get pregnant that was it it was all about conception and then marriage mm -hmm. it, it, but the, but the whole part of being in a relationship with someone how do you date how do you get to know the opposite sex none of that was ever discussed 
what was what was it like for you? No, I, it was exactly that <laughs> and more. <Wow. laughs> Just yeah. no, 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 no. And I think that that scares me because then I look at I had to give myself grace as a woman, and how like you as you stated, when you go through life experiences and then you learn. But then it also makes me think about how we said it's true, and I'm thinking that there are other African-American women who probably can resonate with our experience. I look at how then when we move into our adulthood, we make decisions and many of those decisions that we're making, we're making it from a place of ignorance because we don't know. And then because those decisions, if they they, tend, they may not go the way we desire, then we will blame for them. <laughs> You're blamed for not knowing, but it's the no one you didn't know, you know, you, you were never taught that or I don't know. It's like in our community, sometimes I really feel like we just believe that when it comes to girls or women, as we move into our womanhood and that aspect of femininity, it's almost assumed that, you know, Mother Nature is going to like pop up one day and she's going to like speak all the secrets into your mind. Mm. It's like osmosis. Yeah. Sometimes she does activate in that way, but 80% of the time that doesn't happen. So where does that young, where does that woman learn that? How does she learn? Yeah. I mean, if not through experience, how else? Yeah. Or if you like with girlfriends, if you don't have those friends like Tony and Maya, who kind of pull you to the side and like, hey, this is how you do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then, mm -hmm. And if you don't have that friend like Lynn that says to you, hey, did you ever think that maybe it's something wrong with you? And it maybe it maybe not. Maybe it's nothing wrong with these guys. Maybe something's going on with you. Yep. It's like you just stay on this hamster wheel where you just keep going in circles. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so soul rise question. What's your soul rise question for this episode? Well, William said mm -hmm. something and he said the phrase throwing caution to the wind. And yes. I was just like, you know what? Mm hmm. I love yeah. that phrase. And like you've set these rules, you know, these lists, these boundaries, mm -hmm. these, your life. Like you're just like, this is what I'm doing. You know, like Joan, like William, mm -hmm. I'm sure he's got quite the path as well. You know, he's just like, I'm just gonna try. Well, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. just that whole concept of just why not? Like how many why not moments do you get? You know, and like, mm. do you... Do you take advantage? I like that. I love that. Because you know what? You're, I love that about William, what you just said in the episode. Um, when he and Yvonne have the dinner, he was like, you know, we keep running, to, running into each other. So there's something here that I think is worthy of exploration. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, that why not? And do we take those moments or are we willing to investigate it? I think my question kind of aligns with yours. Because my question was, how do we create balance where we're guided by our principles and yet we remain open to opportunities that, that present themselves, you know? So how do you, because I have to kind of go back to Joan. I think about, you know, Joan just didn't fall into becoming an attorney. Right. <laughs> her the, the values, those skill sets that she does have in being, in being willing to set a plan, that's how she becomes a lawyer. She, you don't just fall into law school, you know? <laughs> So how do you create that balance where you can draw from those principles that help you achieve goals while yet remain relaxed so that 
other opportunities or events that are supposed to come forward that you that are not in your control so that they can emerge. How does it happen? Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> okay, but well, do you have anything else to add for this episode? No, no, that's good. I agree. Okay, so beautiful souls, thank you once again for joining us on this episode, and we look forward to connecting with you later. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to today's podcast. I would also like to extend a thank you to the listeners who've offered suggestions, as your feedback is welcome. If you would like to suggest a topic, if you have a question about today's podcast or the Soul Rise question, or if you just want to share how the series and the podcast resonates with you, you can always leave us a message. You can reach us on Instagram at Rise Beautiful Soul Podcast. You can find us on Facebook.com, Rise Beautiful Soul. And you can just always just come over to our website at www.risebeautifulsoul.com. So remember, beautiful souls, we are here to rise, shine, and self-actualize. I look forward to joining you on the next podcast. Thank you.